Hi, Michelin. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Are you well? Yes, very well. Recovering, relaxing, and getting into a routine after the huge upheaval. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which and, was several weeks. <laughs> and that's exactly what I want to talk to you about, um, because you've just made this monumental move to Zimbabwe, and um, and I've discovered something new. I thought you were a Brit, but you're not, are you? I've been <laughs> deceived in the, the years that I know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to learn to speak English differently went to the UK um, because I realised nobody could understand the colloquialisms that were in the language spoken here. And, of course, then when you go to India, English is spoken differently again. In America, it's different. It's different. So, yeah, I had to learn to speak English <laughs> to be understood. Well, you did such a good job. You totally convinced me. And all this time, I thought you're British. So, um, but you are actually Zimbabwean, born and bred, raised. Yes. And yes. Um, and you've, you're effectively returning home. You're now, at, you're talking from Zimbabwe. Yeah, um, not something that I ever imagined was possible in my lifetime. I never, ever wanted to leave my home. That politics came and it was the only path I did at the time. So I made the move and I opened my mind to many different things, cultures, different ways of thinking. And so I'm not unhappy of having had those experiences. But I never thought I'd get home in time. And so that is a treasure, a real treasure, because my whole dream, build a home, live here indefinitely um, and, and, and uh, visit London once for two weeks. Adventurous. <laughs> and I live most of my life in London. <laughs> so, so in effect, you are an honorary Brit because you have lived in a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> and uh, I, of course, I lived in France uh, and I Portugal for a year and Luxembourg for a year and I travelled a bit on this so um, it, that was lovely to lot of travelling but uh, I, I was able to go to North Africa, Morocco, Algeria um, so that was very into work there as well. Mm. You know, Djibouti as well. <laughs> so, so you're quite widely travelled especially across Europe and, and North Africa then? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate because with North Africa, I, I hadn't appreciated how very different it is from sub-Saharan Africa, which was my whole knowledge as, as a child growing up. I also didn't realise how many French colonies are in Africa because I grew up in a, an Anglophile system and just around me was Anglophile. And uh, it was a Seneca of mine said that 35 out of the 53 countries are Francophone which for me was quite amazing to, to realise because I just thought it was all British. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, very fortunate. I have I, I love travelling. So I've been to, I've been to Canada, I've been to China, Australia. Um, you know, if you, most of my travel I've been around Europe, you know. And then as a child we went to Mozambique. South Africa. I was at university in South Africa. So, yeah, that, that not more than many, but not as much as some of my friends. <laughs> yeah, but you, you've had the the kind of opportunity to live in different places. I mean, many people yeah. travel widely, um, but we don't all take up the occasional opportunity to live in a place. So um, when you look back at your life of the different countries you've traveled how has any of that helped you in this big move that you've made now uh, one of one of the things for me was language um different languages but i thought you know if you're going to buy a house and do all of this it must be in a language that i can which for me is limited to french and english okay um, and also um i have over the years and and you know because I'm Zimbabwean, a lot of my friends are from Africa one way or another, you know, and I spent time in France where I'm Francophones from, you know, African uh, countries there, you know, Benin, 
uh, Senegal, um, Ivory Coast uh, come to mind. Okay. Um, and over the last years, I've been thinking, ah, oh, because I think Africa's, you know, not be as troubled as the West, and so it could be interesting. But other friends have come, and they're making very, very incredible lives for themselves. Um, one of my friends said, you know, Africa's definitely another look. And the more I started looking um, and uh, opening my mind to possible, I, I realized that I could achieve here um, the language, the fact that of my home, um, and uh, the the opportunities that are here in a country that now, you know, when I left 40 years ago, there was a lot of poverty, a lot of friction, troubles, and now what I've come to see is is a country that had time to grow, to evolve. Now you've got huge entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, streets are filled with what I call pop-up shops, but they never shut them down at night. Not stolen, you know, but they'll have artwork, which could be furniture, it could be ironwork, it could be fencing, it could be artos, anything, garden centre. They're all there on the sides of the road and... Um, it's very safe here, you know, compared to the trouble I remember. Now, that doesn't say mean to say that the country doesn't have its issues. But we are starting, we went out on Saturday and started noticing farms are starting to build up again. But I remember driving through Zimbabwe in about 1987 and there were farms, everything was decimated, you know. Mm. So what you think is a very vibrant, highly educated population which has ambition and a sense that their time has come, mm. you know, and uh, it's beautiful, beautiful to see and to be a part of, you know. So, yeah, uh, a very big surprise for me, but I'm uh, very happy with the energies that I'm feeling here and abilities, mm. um, you know, just, just, I don't know, little things like over the years, um, I discovered I had problems with the food, the, the shops, and, um, you know, th my mind started turning towards, well, wouldn't it be a sign of freedom, if you like, to grow my food <laughs> instead of being in a job? What do I do in a job all day except get money to pay for? <laughs> so my thoughts are going towards my own taking more responsibility for my own life, I suppose, working mm. with nature more. So hence the permaculture, off-grid lifestyle, dream like, which I know lots of people have done. But um, since that you create it, you're responsible for it, I don't know, it kind of grabs me at the moment. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah. So do you have every intention of creating an off-grid permaculture life and home in Zimbabwe for yourself? Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Very much. Everything grows here. Uh, one of the myths that, that you don't see on, on Western life, everything grows here. Okay. There is no reason. I mean, you know, avocados there, pawpaws there, bananas there, spring onions, rape, um, pineapples. I mean, you know, you imagine it, and, and half the supermarkets in Britain are full of food that comes from this world. You know, beans, peas, uh, it, it's their fruits all mm. the time. Mm. Um, so that, that for me, my interest, because I became very ill on processed foods, um, I did venture in, into it in product and realized that I started healing by taking out. And I realized that much as it was lovely to live on pills and pills that couldn't make me better compared to in the shops, that still for me was enough because you don't know who can put what in there. So here, you know, because everything grows, there's been the Eastern Highlands, you know, you, cotton, you know, it's here. Um, so I want to take advantage of working harmoniously with earth, because obviously um, I think we've become connected in the West, you know, connected to computer, but you're not connected to, to, to what I call reality, which is, which is the earth. It, it's your neighbours, people, 
you mm. know, around you, the community helping each other out. And that's one of the things you hear how friendly people are, how easy it is to make friends. And they'll all give you advice, you know, go to that one for that, go to that one for that. So, mm. um, so yes, permaculture is absolutely on the agenda. Um, and when you look at the ease of people who work with permaculture, it is very much an expansive thought, if you like, because you're working with, and there's, there's talk now that perhaps herself is a being of intelligence anyway, um, but you're working with another being to create something that is very, um, what I, I, I think, you know, now they get tomatoes that, that taste lovely. I mean, tomatoes with a flavor, cucumber has a flavor. <laughs> I mean, that's exciting <laughs> compared to where I've been, you know. Um, and then there's the off-grid lifestyle. And one of the things I'm looking very much at is African architecture, which has kind of been rubbished into the side. But actually, if you look at how it's designed to keep buildings cool, for air to circulate within it, um, which can't really be done with the modern building techniques, you know. Um, so, and I love houses, and so the idea of, and I, I can always remember, all the windows must be open so that there's air passing through. Um, I mean, that's just not something you can see in Europe, you know. Mm, mm. So, you know, and the for me, it's the the ingenious of it all, mm, you know, mm, the, the intelligence behind it, the method behind it, you know, and, and, and the beauty that can be created from Earth. Mm. <laughs> you know? To me, that's so exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. you know, I look at that compared to the life that I had in the banks, which to an extent was highly paid, is not really constructed to build anxiety of peace and love. You know, I've worked, but was I connected to the people? Was I connected to the earth? You know, was I disconnected? And I think I was very distant, mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's interesting because you left um, Zimbabwe pretty much in a state of, heartbreak from what you've said to yes. me in the past and then um you're returning and it's a very healing journey you know you're, you're talking about the the vegetables and things like that but you're also talking about the connection with people and the connection to a community and the connection to earth so all of it all all of your vision all of your goals are part of quite a major healing journey not just moving off the pills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and for me, that's, I'm very grateful for it. Um, so far, I haven't broken down in tears. I don't know if well, there'll be a day where I go somewhere and I'll be in floods of tears. <laughs> so I don't know. But so far, it, it's very, very healing. I mean, even, I mean, I got, yeah just under a month ago, and my body is already reacting in a very positive way to the food, which here we don't have chemtrails. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's quite an amazing thing. We don't have chemtrails. <laughs> and, and if you talk to what about the chemtrails? What? I mean, it's just not a thing. You know? um, so, yeah, it, it is. I'm very grateful that it's such a, you know, I was very nervous. I came out in April to have, just have a my siblings suggested that perhaps it's a year to go and just, just yeah. to make sure that I know what I'm doing. Well, I haven't been here since 87, so perhaps I'd better do something like that. And so I came here and I realized towards the end of my trip, I was terrified because I didn't know what I was going to have to you know. And actually, what I encountered was a very peaceful country moving up, that's stepping into its own power. Whatever you see on the news is not the truth. I mean, there is so much money here if you look at the cars. You know, when my mother was here 28 years ago, cars, you couldn't buy cars. Secondhand cars were an appreciating asset. <laughs> In the West, they were all depreciating. They were appreciating assets. Now, car are everywhere, everywhere. 
and the big SUVs. Um, it does, you know, sure, you've got the odd yolopi going around, but on the whole, people are driving smart cars, you know, yeah. and then look, that mortgages aren't really a thing. You can get them, but most house purchases are done in cash. Mm. And you think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's different, very different from mm. the place I left coming up for 40 years ago and very different. You know, I, I left a very troubled country. My mother left a, a desperate country because business had collapsed, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I, the, the change in the growth is beautiful. It's just a relief mm. and it's lovely to feel that relaxed, mm. you know, the environment. And um, I suppose I was expecting perhaps to feel a bit more emotional about coming back. And I don't know if it's just because I'm slotting in and it's where I feel is right. Uh, uh, but, you know, people are incredibly, incredibly patient. You know, here's the nature of the people. You know, they're, they're mm. going to get that aggressive. Mm. So perhaps it's them. That I'm just aligning with, you know, mm. feeling at home like that, you mm. know. I don't know. If that sense. <laughs> that's that's wonderful because it it is a huge. I mean, moving countries is an undertaking, even if you're going for one year, two years, five years. But to undertake to return home, you know, there's a sense of you knowing it, but there will also be a sense of you finding out about it. You yeah. know, have you been visiting during the 40 years you've yeah. been away? No. The last time I was here was a seven. And I stayed away because my heart had been broken. I saw it in so many pieces that long time to put the pieces back together again, as I saw. Um, but now, you know, when I, as I say, when I came back in April, I, I wanted to drive a car. I mean, I drive cars all over the world. But I didn't want to drive a car. The roads are chaotic. I was just... As towards the end, I was just terrified, just terrified because I had to expect, you know. Yeah. And um, fortuitously, I asked a very nice friend who was able to ease me and Jen, you know. Um, I'm driving the cars quite happily here. I'm not going into anything. The roads look chaotic, but people are very polite because <laughs> the street labs don't often, the robots, traffic lights don't often work. People get along just fine. You know, um, so yeah, it it's um, it it. I, I suppose you get and then you look back because I've moved countries several times. I'm the to the UK, from the UK to go from Portugal back to the UK, then to France. I was in France for a number of years since 2008, and I left the end of the beginning of last year. Um, but this is the first time I've moved with all my possessions. Before it was just a suitcase. <laughs> you know? and now it's with the possessions, and that's a whole lot of stress. <laughs> the car is in the container. Everything was packed into the container, the container on the high seas. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, getting ready for that. that. That's what I found very, very exhausting. Mm. was packing everything up so when the removals meant they they were very they took less than three hours to get everything into the container and then the container went. But yeah, that's the first time I've moved household. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I totally relate to that. When we moved over to Massachusetts, we shipped and um, you know, um it's quite it's quite challenging because you're still living with what you're living with, but you have to pack up and yeah. I've learned a lot of lessons from that experience because there were things we should have shipped that we didn't ship. So ultimately we yes. had to give them away. Um, and there was, uh, yeah. you, you know, there were things we could have juggled the last few weeks without that would have been useful yes. to be in a shipping container. Yes. And obviously yes. the wonderful thing about a shipping is you're paying for volume. You're not paying for weight. So if it fits yeah. into the allocated volume, it goes in. Pay, it goes <laughs> in. So, you know, there are many things I could have brought over that I didn't. Um, and yes. like you, I moved with all my possessions. So it, it mm. is, it is a big undertaking 
um just yeah. the shipment and and yes. yeah it's completely exhausting yeah <laughs> and, it, yeah it is yeah and and i think that was the the day after we arrived here it was like oh i don't have to do anything i don't have to get up and do anything so for one day i just did nothing you know Absolutely. and then the next day we had to go get food <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah one has to eat and uh, exactly. and and at least you discovered all these beautiful foods that taste so fresh and delicious and beautiful yeah mm. yeah mum we're drinking uh baobab juice okay um and baobab is a super fruit okay and it's it's a local tree here and that I want to incorporate into my off grid lifestyle because apparently it's really good at fixing nitrogen into the soil oh. but that is a, you know so people put it in smoothie you know you can they, they have and whatnot so um that is something that's certainly having a healing effect on us as well mm. which is wonderful um yeah okay i'm looking for because the baobab trees they just hold huge amounts of here they're 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 not very pretty trees in Moscow. they're far more i don't know because they're tall and then the the leaves look like it's the roots it, it's kind of very neat and tidy here the bugs are not neat and tidy but they're huge <laughs> absolutely huge and that leaves two week two weeks in the year because they're conserving all that set for leaves mm. so <laughs> wow really interesting <laughs> and and so are you just discovering you you described the country as beautiful in terms of the people and the nature of the people and what you're discovering in that sense is it beautiful yeah. to look at you know the, the, even though the, the, that particular tree is not attractive I get the impression there's so much nature it's beautiful is that is that the case of where you, where where you're living or where you're planning to live when you're off grid yes in my opinion yeah, yeah. In Mayan, um, it is a very beautiful country. And I think that's one of the things the Westerners don't tend to understand is just how beautiful Africa is. Okay. Um, and the big Harari's Harari is quite high. It's about 90 meters above sea level. So the temperatures here tend not to vary too much, sort of from 10 to maybe 30 degrees in about 30 degrees one or two days here and there but the temperatures are pretty steady in the dry season goes down to 10 and the the wet season to build up the build up season maybe 30 35 for a couple of days okay rain is plentiful okay i was shocked i think as a child to learn that zimbabwe has as much rain as britain and it has as much rain countryside I believe so. Mm. Yeah, and certainly if on the eastern border you've got three ranges, okay, and there it rains all year and it's cooler, okay. That's the border with Mozambique, so that's ultimately where I want to sort of set up my home. Is in the eastern highlands, a cooler than Harare, but um, you know Harare is not that. The, the, the heat is different. It's a dry heat, which I find in Europe it's a very uh, humid, you know, and cities. And I don't like that kind of heat. But here it's dry, so clothes dry very quickly. Um, and, um, you know, space, everybody has space, mm. you know, space. Um, so uh, I can't remember what your question was, but um, I think the land, you know, the landscape, you know, the mountain ranges, if you go down to Mozambique, you, I can remember a child we went to a place called Tofo Beach, T-O-F-O. And we used to run on the beach and the sand used to squeak under our feet, you know. And I, and there was one uh, beach where it was in shells, just beautiful shells, you know. And of course, you've got the coconuts there and um, the coconuts all grow there. Um, and here you've got down in the low felt, what they call the sort of part of Zimbabwe, you'll have more calming and the, you've got huge 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 ranches okay, because it's much drier there here you've got orange groves up in harare the orange groves up uh, it's called mazoe um but as i say everything grows you know okra oh you think of watermelons pawpaws 
uh, you, the list just goes on. I mean, what doesn't? Yeah, and and then the flowers, you, the uh, strelitzias. Okay, um, they're they're a dime a dozen. The flame lilies is the national flower of Zimbabwe. Okay, um, I can remember the garden back home. Uh, well, he, here I haven't seen the house that I grew up in because it's down a driveway. I can't see, but my mother had a whole bed of. Um, she loved her petunias and foxgloves, and, and um, you have the here. What do they have? Um, you have them in in um, Asia as well. Uh, they're they're beautiful uh, frangipani, frangipani trees. Okay, with the most incredible scents, glandai. You know, incredible scents. So. Jasmine, honeysuckle. <laughs> um, you can go on and on and on, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then the 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 local trees, the, the fruit here that's not really known in the West. And um, you can grow rice here. I've discovered um, it's a local grain of rice. You know, soya grows incredibly well here. Chickpeas, you know. Um, uh, you go to the, the there's a, a, a what you call a precinct um and in one of the suburbs i'm in the northern suburbs of harare and what's a beautiful now which i was told was going extinct are cycas which is an ancient um type of fern okay and when i was told they, they would become extinct now they're everywhere everybody made a determination to grow the knowledge i'm a dozen cycads are everywhere <laughs> um, and just incredible beauty if you want to be a god you know mm. <laughs> you know so yeah yeah i mean um the mounts the rivers the waterfalls because of course Victoria falls here which is on the border with zam and of course you've got the lake the high the, the, the manic um that was made in the early 60s which hydroelectric power to zambia and Zimbabwe is kind of a holiday resort for folks, Kariba, the islands that people can go to. And then, of course, you've got gay parks near Victoria Falls and down sort of the very driest part, Gonabrejou, uh, where you see uh, all sorts of wildlife, just free, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's plenty to see and do. And, of course, ruins, which people have kind of missed from the West, but the Zimbabwe is, um, has been hypothesized as being the homestead of one of the other gods in Ki. So that's very interesting because you've got really ancient history. People have sort of, remember, people said, oh, nobody knew who the civilization they disappeared. And now people are saying, well, actually, if you look at the, the tablets, that looks like it could be a homestead, great Zimbabwe, that nobody's been able to say what. You know, um, so I think that's coming more and more uh, to be important is to understand precisely the extent of the history in Africa that has kind of been pushed aside. Mm. So there's lots, lots to see and do, mm. so much. Um, the markets I'm going to, the artisans, they're making their own soaps, their own rooms, their own fudge their own shoes their own creams their ornaments their own household okay furniture and these are just iron shops in markets you know um where, uh, you could spend a fortune a small fortune <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm sure you will when you've designed your african architecture I home shall. and then you I need shall. to put these things inside <laughs> Has to, it has to blend in, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then if, if Zimbabwe has lots of rain, does it equally have lots of sun? Because you, you use solar oh, yeah. um, energy, don't you? And you can use solar energy when you're off grid. Absolutely. Um, the, the, uh, the eastern high more rain and it's cooler because it's higher which which appeals to me no end okay because i prefer to hot okay but if it rains on the whole my experience has been for maybe an hour maybe two that okay um that means last week that lasted all night is unusual in my experience okay 
Um, yeah, if it rains, I, I can remember when I got to England, my mother said, do you want to go to the shops? And I thought, well, it's no, I don't want to go to the shops. And then what I realized was that if I did go to the shops then, it would never stop raining. I'd never get out of the house. Mm. Whereas here, you don't do anything. You wait for it to stop in an hour and then you keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sunshine, I mean, is plentiful. <laughs> Absolutely plentiful. <laughs> Amazing. And then, and then you can afford to buy all the beautiful things for your house because the sun and the solar energy will be on tap. <laughs> in your off-grid absolutely yeah absolutely mm. yeah absolutely and from all the research i've done absolutely no reason to imagine a different existence okay just because you're on solar far from it you should be able to do everything do the calculations to say this is what i want ergo i need a sir providers um they've even got starlink providers now right? so you can have internet it's really reliable and fast, so that may be a consideration for the future for the internet if we're going off grid because they're farmers, they're definitely off grid. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's no reason to imagine a deprived existence at all, at mm. all, at all, at all, you know. Mm. Um, just a different being. So, for instance, one thing it's perhaps a bit base, but um. Can remember a Canadian lady saying, "Can you imagine chop down trees to wipe our backsides when we go to the loo?" Okay, and there's bush that grows here in Africa, and if you have the this bush, the leaves are the perfect, perfect as in everything <laughs> to go to the loo. So, so it's just all those kinds of things, changing habits. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know. Yeah. But yeah, when people put those statements, we chop trees to wipe our backsides, and I thought, hmm, that, that's a very point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of trees for toilet paper. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so if you're going to do, do this vast undertaking of creating an off-grid home and everything, this is a permanent move. You feel quite settled in yes. this being a per permanent move. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, these are kind of big projects. I can see I study podcasts of people who are doing precisely this, you know, and you can see they start off with a plan and then they go, ah, we haven't thought about this, so we better do this first. It's just a never-ending list of jobs. But what it shows is how capable people become and how they solve the problems and how, for them, a good time is to be with other such being off grid, helping each other build their farms or their steads, and uh, you know that that kind of oh, I've got plenty of fruit on my tree here. Go and make some pies. Oh, you know, I've got and and this whole circle of sharing, you know, um, I I think is really you know um, as a lifestyle, <laughs> mm. just peaceful people. And I went to Google one time took two weeks out of my banking and went there. And what we realized is that people who that kind of living have time to us. You know, whereas if you're in the city and these high-powered jobs and people are nice in the cities. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, so I thought, well, maybe that's what I need to think about is, you know, mm. do I want to be a nice person? <laughs> Well, I think we've both lived the high city, stressful lifestyle. And like you said, in, in you know, at the time, we just did what we did and we enjoyed what we did. Um, but, but, you know, and maybe it was right for us in our respective lives and jobs at that time. But I, I have to say, I, in nature and um, um, I'm certainly not off the grid, <laughs> far from it, sitting here in Massachusetts, but I... I am near the coast. I, you know, um, nature has become really important. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I can hear how, not just from the healing aspect, but just from the whole experience aspect, um, how important it is to you that 
you're making this move. So it doesn't sound like you're going to have any regrets is what I'm pointing to. I, I don't think so. Um, because I thought whether I did this here or in Europe, and I certainly took places in France, and I certainly love Central Gaul, there were certainly considerations for me. Um, it's it's the lifestyle that I create, and I think it's more about more self-responsibility, more awareness of how I interact with the communities. Don't act thoughtlessly, you know, and bring pain necessarily to people because I'm so busy, you know. And when, when back at my life, uh, you know, working in London and thinking I'm busy, busy, busy. And, and when I thought about it, and I thought, what am I doing? I'm busy meeting people for coffee at the latest shop or the latest restaurant or trying kangaroo meat because it was a thing to do. And when I thought about it, what, what is actually creating? And it was absolutely nothing. You know, I was busy doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> so I'm paying. <laughs> but, you know, I can time in sort of more creative pursuit um one of the things here is that this the light is very so i can do my embroidery more which i couldn't do for six or seven months of the year in europe because the light's not you know um and i, I find meditative so i'm looking forward to exploring more foods and um which i think is an art form itself, you know and of course if you get into designing your home and putting thought into that um, and making it, you know, there's all sorts of technique looked at, like there's something called Tadalact. It's a, it's a Moroccan style where you use basically um, sand and some pieces like that to, instead of buying, you can make it with this and it looks like labor of love because you have to keep finishing it with finishing stones and to get a very, very smooth effect it's rock hard so you could use that for sinks and that, that looks like a really peaceful pursuit you know, 10 days with a stone on some sand you know and then of course if you look at the Indian buildings they sort of I can't remember it begins with a C but they use eggshells to create this incredible paint on their walls and things like that you know to me there's a lot to be explored mm. um, and it, it's something I've been wanting to do for many, many years. Initially, I thought I might try to the commune, but people weren't buying in. They liked the idea, they just weren't going to get to change their lives. So this way, um, I'm very comfortable that that's what I want to do and I can do it. And I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to be able to spend my time in something that doesn't hurt, you know, mm. uh, which my lifestyle used to be. You mm, know, mm. Um, on the train, busy, 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 just body, you know, as I went along <laughs> because I was so busy <laughs> and I was so important, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't like being that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yes, yeah, so you're not just yeah. choosing your lifestyle and your location, you're choosing who you want to be in the world. Yes, mm. yes. Very mm. much so, very much mm. so. Um, and I think there's such a consciousness on the planet that more and more people are doing in their own ways. They're making their statements. It's something as simple as, I'm going off the grid. I don't want part of this big system, which I don't agree with. And here, you know, I can do my art, I can, or whatever that is. You know, for mm. me, it's perhaps cooking my needlework, that kind of thing other people it might be drawing singing music uh, but you know that that is a far more healthy pursuit I believe for one's psyche for one's mental balance um, than and I think it's indicative of how disconnected we became mm. you know I mean we're, we're experiencing cuts on the internet I'm realizing is it's forcing me to say well what else do with my time you know, so mm. my needlework has come out, my reading has come out, you know, um, before I didn't have to think about it, I could be plugged into the internet 27 and uh, no further thought, you know, mm. Mm. but now we're having to build life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> life. <laughs> so um, it, that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. 
and and no no I was only going to say I'm thinking your move reminds me of mine and my husband's when we moved to Lagos some years ago I think many people think that because his family are Nigerian, we literally went, shall we move to Nigeria? Whereas actually what we actually did was got the world map out and literally explored so many countries and where do we want to go and why do we want to go there and what would we do there and, you know, uh, what's our language capacity in that country, et cetera, et cetera, many of the things you've touched upon. Yes. And it was similar for you, wasn't it? You didn't, you're it, on the face of it, you look like, you're someone who was born and raised in Zimbabwe who's returning back to Zimbabwe. But you you didn't just make a, it that wasn't your thought process, was it? That wasn't the journey in determining that you would go to Zimbabwe. Yeah, not at all. I mean, as I said, I the the plan could have been done in France and Portugal. Both of our country, I love France. I lived there for a few years. And I lived in Portugal for a year, and I loved that country very, very much. Um, but for um, with, with, with what's happening, the different stances that are happening, I mean, um, I'm aware that Africa is a, a rising force on the planet now as there's a lot of awakening amongst the leaders and they're starting to step into power, which is wonderful. Um, and as of this consciousness shift on the planet and and they they want to stand up and be counted, you know, which was possible before. And I think that what, what you're seeing is who, who else has asked for, for peace with various politics in the world, but the African they're very concerned about peace. They're very concerned that people should start to live a different way. And um, I personally think that is a shining light for the rest of the world. You know, it might not be perfect. There's a lot that's not perfect, but where are our values? And of course, this continent in particular, and I would say possibly South America to a large extent, um, as classified as the third world have become dismissed, dis diminished, um, and, and various things have gone on. And now that's changing. That's ch And it's changed. I can remember when I left, you know, we were here, winds of change are blowing, winds of change are blowing, and there weren't good winds. These winds are very beautiful winds. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, it's lovely. It's lovely to watch. I mean, mm. you know, I'm in a neighborhood that's in the Norari. It's a growing neighborhood, um, you know, still dirt roads and whatnot at some parts and potholes. But these are big manors being built. Okay, I'm in a cottage at a manor house. Okay, this, yeah, there's not poverty. <laughs> this is this, and and this neighborhood is huge, huge. You can drive and drive and drive. You talk kilometers in the making, and all, all mansions of an acre minimum, minimum. Okay, beautiful wrought iron fencing that has nothing to do with city. You know, um, solar panels, uh, boreholes, um, uh, beautiful lawns, manicured gardens. <laughs> you know? um, these are people on the move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that is beautiful. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, what you're sharing is, a revelation I think for some people because of the perception we have in England and perhaps in America yeah. and other places um so it, it you're painting a very colorful vivid um dynamic like image which is really restorative yes. you know not not just to your soul but to the soul of Africa you know because actually you know you're you're just sharing it how it is not how people might think it is um yes. and um uh yes yeah it, it's like discovering a jewel and you know i think for many people people yes. appreciate there are you know the africans amongst us we we know that africa has tremendous um value and 
commodities and and I don't just mean mm. the commodities of a diamond I mean the commodities of quality living sure. um, and um, you know um, and yeah. yeah so it's really lovely how you're sharing that and making that accessible and available for people listening I really I really like that how vividly you've made that come alive um, and and I think I, I think for me sorry carry on carry on no 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 please carry on I won't forget no, what I want. I think for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have appreciated it as much inside of the world. And to a large extent, one of the reasons I didn't come back certainly was because of what I saw in the media about. Okay, equally, I had contacts here, and you know, but um, I, I think it's time now um, that understood there's a hell of a lot more to Africa and what is portrayed um, in in certain media forum you know um, but there, there's there are a lot of there if, if you know where to look there's a lot of information on how the Africans are seeing themselves and how even Africans are saying look it's time we stood up started being counted, you know, and stop stop thinking in, in a poverty consciousness sort of way. So they're saying we've got to take responsibility for that, you know, which I find quite magnanimous given the history of Africa. You know, we're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what happened, but we want to do things a different way. And we don't want war and we don't want violence. And um is learn a different way to be and mm. and for me that's amazing mm. <laughs> mm. amazing given everything that's happened mm. you know um it, it, that that's very precious mm. you know um, in my opinion mm. <laughs> and, and it's also ironic because one of the things you mentioned to me recently that means so much to you is the discovery of freedom you use the word freedom and inside of what you've just said that wouldn't be some you know that's a sharp irony that you're discovering freedom um do you want to say a bit more about that absolutely i mean yeah yeah so so one of the things you know, having having had the experience in the west and seeing the the, the general direction of where things are going there um, here, people have been down that road to, to a large extent. They don't trust the governments, they don't banks, they don't trust. It. So they're very capable, self-sufficient, very entrepreneurial, you know. But um, it occurred to me to be able to just buy a plot of land and grow the vegetables that you want or the fruit, that build a house that you want, without telling you what to do and how to do it and when to do it. All the rules that that that, that are very uh, oppressive, I find in in uh, the West, and I just realised what freedom, what, what a gift that kind of freedom is. I mean, mm. I've got a friend who bought a plot of land, and she was sending me pictures of the house she was building, and she's got some other houses, and maybe her farm, and then she put this, and she bought that, and she put that, and I thought. I never heard her mention about planning permission. <laughs> you just go and you buy land and provided it's beyond certain council areas, it's yours to do with as you please. Mm. But because there's so much land, nobody's standing on each other, mm. you know. Mm. And yeah, and the city has smaller plots and things like that. But where I go off grid, there's no reason for me to talk to anybody about what it is that I want to do with my plot, that I want hectares, you know. And I thought, my God, a gift freedom is. Mm. Um, you know, in, 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 in a way, I sort of thought we were free, you know, rules, yes, yes, it's got to be good with society and all of that. But I think it's tipped over the edge where it now, you think without getting permission, you know, and the thought, and I, I watched the podcast with the say in Portugal that I watch, and right, we need to, okay, right. I don't hear them talking about planning permission. 
they just say, we need to do the plot and this is what you do. They will observe the rules, you know, a fire, you know, you can't use machinery when it's high risk and da, 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 da. And of course they'll do that. But you need to run every five minutes and get permission for this and permission for that. You know, how are we going to build the wall? And is it, you know, uh, and so when I realized, oh my goodness, nobody's going to tell me to do. <laughs> and I can do exactly what I want, which I hope will be in harmony with nature. I'm more greater concern is that it's in harmony with nature, you know. Um, but my goodness, what a gift, what a gift a very mm. precious gift in my mm. life now to have that. A, a friend of mine, Ivory Coast, has just built himself a hotel on the beachfront, you know. How many of your friends can do that? Mm. None of my Western friends do that, unless mm. they're somehow loaded, but none of them have done it, okay? Mm. And there he is, and I know how he started, and he's been able to work his way up. He's now built his help on the seafront. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, um, that's exciting. And I can remember energy when I was a young child, you know, because he, country was growing and it was oh, what can we do do we're going to build it up and you know we can go and have a house down in music and um you know that kind of thing it, it, it's all excitement what can we create you, you know uh, which i think is is so precious so mm. precious and uh i think it's it's been lost in the west mm. with the, the the relentless rules 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 you know mm. um that's um, yeah, for, mm. for me, this is just, it, it hit me the other day mm. how freedom is to to live how you want to live, mm. obviously providing you're not hurting anybody else but the planet, mm. you know. Mm. Mm. Um, that's another being. Mm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, very precious. So, yeah, Africa's certainly got all of those opportunities. A friend of mine, she she got stuck here with the, the thing in 2020 and she decided not to go back to the UK where she had been living. And she's built this most stunning house that overlooks the falls because she can. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. You know, it's incredible. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, when... When you move countries, I think there are there's always surprises, um, and clearly this discovery yes. of freedom is one of them. Um, and the other thing I've noticed um, in talking to people and looking at my own life is that opportunities occur that when you were planning the move were not obvious. You know, um, so mm. you know I'm sat here in Massachusetts and I'm doing all manner of courses and you know, discovering all sorts of things that in a busy lifestyle that I would have had in the UK without questioning my life, you know, I just do my life, I wouldn't have made time yes. for, or it wouldn't have occurred yes. to me to try out that new thing. So, um, you know, my experience is, is I'm trying out lots of things where I hitherto would have said, I can't do that. I'm not good at that, you know, and I wouldn't, have found the time to do it yes. um so I do think there's something intriguing that happens when you move countries where you're in a new environment you're in a new headspace you're in a new dynamic people's you know think differently and um not wrong or right it's you're just in a new environment but it does give some stunning opportunities um and obviously you're you're still new to Zimbabwe but are you seeing anything like that that you hadn't seen before that's kind of popping its head up and making you think oh that's interesting or is there anything like that beginning to show up for me one of the things is that um the supermarkets are beautifully full okay which was a problem a few years ago but beautifully full now but what I'm stunned and I'm thrilled about is these little um, artisan markets we've been introduced to, okay? And uh, a range of things that people are covering. And the, uh, I mean, one of the things was um, there's, there was a stand we saw with macrame handbags and shoes and things like that. And those items were made by the women in the prison, okay? 
And that is so that those can raise money to support their family, which I found a stunning cause, you know. Mm. Um, and there was the lady marketing these goods on behalf of the, the prisoners. So, um, but I think, I think um, the biggest, biggest thing for me I mean, is just the realisation that it's safe, you know, compared to all the headlines and the drama and whatnot. Um, and being a people who've had time to start wounds and a people who have a plan, okay? People and who have they're, they're big, a plan, a plan. They're, they're not, when I was here 40 years ago, I, I mean, the conversation I had with people were very different then about the, you know, the, the corruption and, and the depression that came with And now, you know, you've got the youngsters who, 30s and 40s, who really weren't part of all or didn't really have an awareness of it. And they're just their lives, you know. Everybody's got a mobile. Every, yesterday we didn't have internet and apparently they're just having a meltdown because there was no internet. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's very, very intelligent people, very intelligent people, you know, speaking, I don't know how many languages, you know, English in one of them, you know, currencies, they're dealing in different all the time because the Zimbabwean currency is very weak. For example, we had a bill the other day of 120 odd US equates to over a million, what they call bonds. TGS, okay, um, but you know these different currencies and all the issues that gives. But you know how many people deal with different currencies on a day-to-day -day basis in their daily lives. You, um, and and as I say, that the realization of just how much money is floating around. Just how much what? Cash. The, cash, cash. 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 Mm. Money. Mm. Yeah. Cash. So, um, you, you know, when you realise that and, and um, they're very people, you know, there's no, there's no specialised health or, or um, you know, if, if you don't have a job, you get the doll and the UK doesn't exist here. If you don't work, you start. It's quite simple. And everybody's got a plan. Um, so for me, that's, that's a, a shift in my thinking, I kind of knew that if I didn't have a job, I would start. But then you go to Europe and somehow things go along. Whereas here, it's in your face every day. If I can go to work, I've got a problem, you know. Um, but I think it makes for very um, self-aware people and very people. They, they're not looking to, to, to resolve their issues for them. And I don't think that thing you know, um, given what I'm seeing in the West and, and how it's pretty stuck, you know. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how many hurdles I'm going to encounter, you know, a long journey. Um, and perhaps, you know, if you're appraised of all of those. <laughs> um, but I think what I'm learning, patience and peacefulness um, and just being. Um, I'm not plugged into the news anymore. It's irrelevant what the news is because I didn't come here because of that. And just just work to engage people and build habits here and then think what's plan B, where are we going to live and going to do it. And we're starting that, those conversations, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we buy a plot of land, build a house, or, um, you know, I don't know. We're, we're playing with those ideas, which means we'll probably have to rent for a bit whilst we do that. But, um, you know, that's a very nice thought for me because I do want to do that. So the sooner I can get on, the better for me. <laughs> um, but, I mean, here where, where we're staying, there's the, there's the birds are outside and that's kind of the only noise you hear you don't mm. really hear vehicles we're nowhere near a there's no such thing as a motorway really you know mm. um and thing is very peaceful you know, very, you know you have roads heaving with cars 
okay? Rush hour, yeah, it gets busy, you know, there's a line of cars down the road, but um, it's not the intensity that you get in the UK. Mm. It's just cars everywhere. You know, mm. here it's pretty peaceful, mm. you know, although the potholes are not so happy. But <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, we've discovered, yeah, there's just, I think it's just a very pleasant surprise to see how much is going on mm. compared to what you hear um, in the media, mm. you know. And I know there's a guy called Wodemaya. I think he's Ghanaian. I think he's Ghanaian. Maybe he's Nigerian, but he has a podcast. And he goes around Africa and even he says, my goodness, look what we've been told in, in our news and look what's happening in Mozambique. Look at what's happening in Zimbabwe, you know. Um, so he goes right around Africa doing, you know, uh, same thing, you know, the, yeah. the, the press has been pretty anti in mm. countries. Mm. Um, and he's sharing the real deal. There's a, yes. Absolutely. And there's a lovely lady, she's got a TED talk called Change Your Channel. Her name is Malene Spart-Williams, and she's uh, from Sierra Leone, a highly educated lady with very pertinent questions. But, you know, again, she's talking about very beautiful people, you know, incredibly beautiful country, you know. Mm. And I can remember years ago when I first Paris and lived in Paris, I saw these amazing African women, and I called them ships in full sail. They just looked magnificent with their, their traditional head, their traditional dress and everything. And I had the opportunity to sit next to Wayne, and I said, where are you from? And she said, Senegal. And we got to And she said, you've got to go to Dakar. She said, it's just like Paris. Everything works. <laughs> so, and I thought, wow, wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, I have a car who keeps inviting me, but I've still got to get there. You know, um, but yeah, that was incredible. She said everything's just the same. Mm. You know, mm. uh, but also what I learned in France was the countries that the French go to on holiday are different from the countries the British go to on holiday. So of course, Senegal's on their list. You would never get a British person unless they're really intrepid going off to South. But, you know, if you look at the, the tourist shops, Senegal is there, Cameroon is there, you know, uh, and uh, and I thought, wow, that's mm. incredible to notice, mm. you know, where do the different people go on their holiday? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if people go to, to Africa on a holiday, it might be something like an all-inclusive in Gambia or something, as or or to safari, you know, on yeah. safari, as opposed yes. to yeah, just going to the country and discovering what you discover and exploring what you explore, yes. you know, um, yes. going go, yeah. going within yeah. a very structured. They a lot of holidays are very structured, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Um, and I think I think that's the kind of the, the doing things. Whereas I don't think twice necessarily of hiring a car to travel around. And certainly for me, you need a car in Africa. You absolutely mm. car. You know. Um, so so for me, that's not such a big deal. But I would find it very limiting if I was, you know, to 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 a kind of structured day um, mm. in a place like Africa because. Mm. Uh, you you do huge distances without even thinking about it. Mm, you know, mm. just driving down to the airport, you've done a few kilometres. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I would, you know, for those who can't drive, I would say that's a very limiting thing. Mm. You absolutely need to be able to drive. Mm. You have, again, we're back to freedom. You can go here, there, and everywhere. There's no problems traveling around mm, you know mm. um so yeah, um it's it, it's i think although i've always loved africa i think for Westerners, it's a discovery mm. because of the bad press that's been 
repeated and repeated, and repeated mm. to scare everybody off. Mm. And I've seen an African American saying, "Oh my goodness, I heard all of this, but you come here, it's you know, it's a different story. It's a mm. happening place." Mm. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, so much has got said, and uh, I feel like I've learned quite a lot about, um, you know, Zimbabwe. And um, I know I have a standing invitation to come to Zimbabwe. So I hope Absolutely. I get to see your off the grid home and maybe I'll come and help you paint a wall or something. <laughs> oh, you'd be so welcome. <laughs> come and spend time. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great feel like I've contributed to the, the harmony yes exactly exactly <laughs> well I think it's a plan yeah. so um but I really want to thank you Micheline it's um it's really lovely to speak with you and especially as you're literally in the throes of moving having just moved um it's generous of you to find the time and to it, there's only a number of weeks you're in the headspace you're in you know after when you when someone's lived in a country a few months yes. it's a different headspace and I think sharing from that new move space yes. is, is very valuable to people listening as well so thank you very much thank you oh it's been it's been an absolute talking to you and I hope uh, it's useful and a thing for your viewers <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. And we'll talk soon. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. All right. All right. Lovely. Bye. Okay. Cheers then. Bye. Bye. Bye.